0: Welcome to the Andrea K show. She's blonde, 5 foot 2 and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is. Andrea K.
1: Happy Monday. Welcome to, yeah, oh my, welcome to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Oh my, indeedy. Y'all know I try to avoid politics over the weekend. I got to decompress at some point. You know, I can't stay balls to the walls, hair on fire 24 hours a day. Oh yeah, I can. Usually I am. (laughs) Even when I'm not focused on politics, that's how I am in my personal life. It's kind of how I've always been. Anyway, glad to have you guys here with me tonight over the weekend I was like, what? Guess what's trending? And I mean, trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trending. Okay. Obamagate was trending over the weekend. We're going to talk about it. We're also got to, I was thinking, you know, I even put it out there to y'all today. I was like, you know what? I am so overwhelmed with so much information, so much breaking news, so many competing topics because I don't really know how to decide, you know, really What's most important? I mean, I really. And then I got to thinking. You know what? They're they're equally important. We've kind of got a tale of two coups going on, one involving the deep state in Washington, and one involving state by state happening with the COVID. So I got to thinking about who could I bring on tonight, who really has an understanding of all the threats that we face, foreign and domestic. So I reached out to our friend John Guandolo from Understanding the Threat. So he's going to be here after the first break. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that, and he's going to weigh in. I also got to thinking about the fact. Uh, put it out there to you guys. Um, it, it, there's a, a little bill out there being proposed called HR Coinkidinkily 6666. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in tonight's show. We've got to update you guys on what's happening here in California. We're going to take a little visit down south because there's this story that's been hanging out there that I haven't really addressed going on in Georgia. So I reached out to my friend Brittany Hughes from uh, Media Research Center and reality check to have her on and we're going to talk a little media we're going to talk about what's going on with this Georgia story and also why did NBC have to apologize today and what does that have to do with Trayvon Martin so yeah, y'all stay tuned we've got a great show lined up for you guys tonight 888-344-1170 the phones are open for you, whatever is on your hearts and mind. I know many of you are just getting can, all across the country getting increasingly agitated and aggravated with these commies of state by state, and so is President Trump today, with these dictators at the state level that don't want to release the grip. I mean, they've basically overturned, you know, the will of the people. Uh, In in terms of what they wanted from the president of the United States, I I see it as no different. You know, when you're at the state level and you're acting as though you are enforcing your political agenda on on the people um, that that is unconstitutional, you have you you're not representing the people. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. Uh, welcome to tonight's Andrew K. Show, Eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Let me bring in my man, the myth, the legend. It's DJ Carrot Sticks. Tuesday. Tuesday. Hey, does anyone want carrot sticks? Get them out of here.
0: Well, you're fired up, which is good, and we're jam-packed, so that's uh, all yeah.
1: I got for you. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why Like, I, I'm out the gate like a racehorse in Del Mar, which is something else that's probably going to not happen this summer. Um, I'm not a huge fan of horse racing. We've lost too many horses. Um, So, uh, you know, but it is a tradition that many people enjoy across this country. Um, We did hear that Big Bang Boom, 4th of July, it's going to go virtual. Is that the same to you, DG Carrot Sticks, watching fireworks uh, on the internet? No,
0: are we going to have to put on those VR goggles or something? I get motion sickness. I, I can't wear those.
1: Yeah, that's that's so stupid. I mean, do they really expect us, you know, like the entertainment industry, if I see one more Brady Bunch style TV show, I'm going to jab myself in the eyeball with the pen to end the pain.
0: Are they just going to replay like a years past one? And if they do, they should do that one year where they lit them all up at once.
1: Yeah, just blow it up, man. That would at least make it entertaining. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. We've gone off the rails, but I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably end up with uh, with everything going on merging in the pandemic and what's going on with the dictator state by state power grab over us throughout the show. I've got to start with seeing ObamaGate trending over the weekend. What was the breaking news that happened thanks to Sidney Powell? literally deserves the Medal of Freedom because but for Sidney Powell, would we know right now that President Obama, that so much of, and I don't have time to get into the whole timeline, but I know that you guys know so much about what's happened. It is now clear, thanks to Sidney Powell, that there was a meeting that took place on January 5th that involved President Obama, that involved Jim Comey, that involved Sally Yates, that involved Joe Biden, that involved Jim uh, Brennan and Clapper. All these people were there. And what was discussed? The Russian investigation, the Russian collusion, hoax, and nonsense. And it is evidence and proof that President Trump, that President Obama, not only knew about what was going on, he orchestrated it because it was based upon that meeting that Jim Comey did what he did. On top of it, we also found out that everybody knew, including many Republicans. Going back into 2017, that there was never any evidence of any Russian collusion and too many Republicans kept their mouth shut. We'll get into that in a minute. We got to stay focused on Obamagate right now. God bless Bill Barr. I'm not convinced that President Obama is going to ever be held accountable. We don't do that in the United States. Okay. I would love to see the Republican Party grow some some adult hair on their face besides a little peach fuzz that that 12-year-old boys get. Actually man up. And actually impeach President Obama. I would love to see it, because you can impeach a president retroactively. I would love to see that. But at the very least, his legacy is destroyed. Done. Done. And Michelle Obama can forget any aspiration she has of being uh, president of the United States. Because I never believed that woman for a second that that was not what she wanted to do. And that's not why there's a Netflix movie about becoming going on about her. Here's, Here's what's worse. You know, I mean, Obama... Watergate, this is how much worse it is than Watergate. Watergate was the equivalent of in the NFL cheating of Deflategate. Football's being a little slightly softer or whatever it was that made Tom Brady better able to throw the ball. That's what Watergate was compared to Obamagate. I I don't even have the time to get into all the differences. Watergate was about a few clowns, I guess, who broke in. I can't even remember as a kid hearing about this and asking my dad because I was always posing dopey, you know, political questions to my dad. God bless him. Rest it, Daddy, I'm so sorry I annoyed you so bad. But I was like, I don't understand. What's a big deal about some dudes wanting to, like, bug some phones to hear what's happening with the campaign? I'd want to know what they were talking about. I'd have my, I, I, I was like, I'd have, I you know, the glass to the wall till like I hear what they talking about. You know, I remember my dad trying to tell me how bad it was. I You know, okay, yeah, it was wrong. It was illegal. But compared to what Obama did, Obama didn't want to just listen in on what, uh, you know, on what the opposition party campaign was doing. No, what he did was they actually planted spies in the opposition party campaign in order to entrap them into committing crimes. We're talking about lying to the FISA courts, manufacturing evidence to go to a FISA court in order to surveil the opposition party campaign. We're talking about covering up, and and in the middle of this, part of the reason why they did this was to cover up the crimes that was committed by the, the Secretary of State during the Obama administration, So that she could win an election because so much because Watergate was not about literally uh, interfering with an election and trying to steal it from somebody. I don't think, you know, kind of like, you know, um, you know, trying to get a peek with binoculars across the field at somebody's playbook. They were covering up the crimes of the secretary of state. Who violated, committed countless felonies in the course of obstructing obstructing justice, violating the Espionage Act, which literally jeopardized lives of operatives on the field, used the office of the Secretary of State in a pay-for-play scheme to line the pockets of her phony charity scheme, her husband with speaking fees, and her daughter. And this is just a partial list, by the way. Watergate didn't involve paying a foreigner to manufacture a smear, smear file that was then used to lie to the courts, used to illegally leak to the media, at which uh, you, we had a media colluding with the Democrat Party, colluding with an administration, in order to cover up the crimes of a Secretary of State who was campaigning to be president, in order to stop the opposition party from becoming president, or then, and then, to set up an insurance policy that, if he won, to remove him from office. Watergate was not, never involved the unmasking of innocent Americans who were being... Uh, part of a dragnet in this illegal investigative operation. Watergate didn't involve the FBI, two FBI lovers promising to stop a candidate and setting up an insurance policy. Watergate didn't involve the FBI targeting a top administration official after the election in order to get him prosecuted or fired. Watergate didn't involve the FBI and the DOJ targeting campaign associates for prosecution, Manafort, Cohen, Roger Stone, Jerome Corsi. Watergate didn't involve the criminal and the... um, counterintelligence, I guess is the term. See, they hid some of this under it not being a criminal investigation in order to give themselves leeway. It was a counterintelligence operation. Watergate didn't involve that, didn't involve the intelligence agencies being used in some phony counterintelligence operation investigation in order to try to drag everybody into, uh, into their scheme and their net in order to get them prosecuted. In other words, Watergate was never a coup attempt. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk to John Guandolo, former FBI, founder of Understanding the Threat, to get his take on this coup attempt, and also what's happening in the coup attempt happening state by state involving the wholesale destruction and removal of our freedoms in this coronavirus shutdown. Stay tuned. We're Andrew Keisha coming up
0: sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and radio.com. Andrea K telling you like it is, all while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andre K. Show. 888-344-1170. You know what? I think I made a mistake at the top of the hour. I said a tale of two coups. I think we got a tale of three coups happening. The one in which I talked about at the outset, Obamagate. I think the second was Whistleblower, which was the spies planted in the White House, which uh, involved uh, Colonel Chow Thief and uh, Fiona Hill and others with their, oh, my gosh, we have to remove President Trump because he dared to implement his own foreign policy. And then now we've got the third coup attempt, which is at the state by state level of Democrats deciding that they're just going to seize, you know, complete control over everything, you know, at will, tossing the Constitution aside. Uh, to implement their own political strategy. Here to weigh in on all of this, it, it, somebody I was thinking today, as I told you guys at the top of the hour, you know, we face so many threats, foreign and domestic. Who can I reach out to who understands the threats, all the threats that we face, and who can give good perspective? about it and about what we need to do. And it's John Guandolo. He's president and founder of Understanding the Threat, which is the only organization in America providing tools to leaders, police, and citizens to identify and dismantle jihadi terrorist networks in their local communities. He also advises governments on matters related to, in U.S. Uh, uh, everywhere around the world on all matters related to national security. And he, you know, has written just a couple of different books. One is the... The book Sharia, The Threat to America, Raising a Jihadi Generation and more. But he's not just an expert in Islam. He also understands the I think it's called the Green Axis or Red Axis, which is about uh, the the merging of communism and Islam. And he, he joins me now. Hi, John Guandola. Welcome back to The Andrea e. Kay Show.
0: Hey, Andrea, it's great to be back on with you. Thanks for having me.
1: Sure, and of course, you're also, you know, former Naval Academy grad, which is near and dear to my heart because I was actually there for homecoming this past October because my bestie's boy is there. And he was not happy that they were sent home. So, you know, he's first-year midshipman, so um, he's hoping that they're going to be back in the fall. And you're also former FBI, so you know it all.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't say I know it all, but I definitely have a good understanding of the uh, the communist Marxist threat, the uh, ongoing coup, and the Islamic movement here in the United States. I have a good handle on those.
1: Well, I don't think, given everything that's been going on the past few years, that there's enough attention paid to the Obama administration and what this, what the whole Obama Gate and everything that that was about. Um, the Obama administration was not just about implementing its Marxist. Uh, You know, ideology that involved merging uh, with the Islamist here in this country. So it's no surprise that there's this. I don't know if you've heard about this H.R. 666 bill um, that is being proposed by the Democrats, which has been endorsed by Rashida Tlaib. Um, But before we get into some of those details, let's back up a a, a minute because I know that you retweeted about uh, the Department of Justice. There was like 2,000 formers from the Department of Justice today that are asking for Bill Barr to resign because he dared to drop the charges against Flynn. And if there was anybody, you know, the threat here um, is that we've got our own government that is an enemy of the people. We see that with all the steps that was taken with Obama and Obamagate and everything that was revealed. Now we've, now when we see 2000 formers from the DOJ calling for Bill Barr to, to resign, that lets us know that the threat from the deep state is not just a few people at the top, but it's really deep, isn't it?
0: It is. And it, uh, it goes into the bureaucracy pretty deeply and it, is deep in the DOJ, uh, in the CIA, in the State Department. And what I think a good, uh, at least for me, a good starting point is that all the major components of the government are heavily penetrated uh, by the the communists, the hard left Marxist movement in the United States. And this has been a long-term effort. You know, I just had a call, a professional call, with uh, an individual who's very... Uh, well informed on these matters, and we were discussing that you know in the 50s you had communists bombing people's houses uh, in the United States. You had massive uh, attacks on workers in Hollywood by the communists. It was a major issue, and those people from the 50s and 60s that were communists uh, and the the significant movement that didn't just evaporate. It's metastasized. It's grown. It's matured. And now here we are 60 years later dealing with it uh, still. uh, But it's at the the highest echelons of our government. You've got a former president, the director of national intelligence, the former FBI director, former CIA director, senior FBI officials, uh, Speaker of the House, and on and on. Uh, People in the intelligence community and senior positions that are Marxists and communists who are openly engaged in a coup against the president. And it's as if nothing's going on. If you read the average uh, mainstream traditional media, uh, you're not going to get the truth because they are a part of the communist movement in the United States and have been for some time. So this is going to be solved by the American people. And if they're expecting, let let me, for all your listeners, let me wash this idea out of your head the cavalry's not coming, there's no cavalry coming the president is in the white house he's a one-man army fighting for the republic and fighting for himself and his family he's got a handful of allies and that's it because the establishment republican they're on the other side
1: i'm so glad you mentioned that because one of the things that was revealed as we as the transcripts of the interrogations closed door interrogations were revealed that not only did everybody in the uh, uh, everybody involved from the, all the aforementioned people from the former CIA heads and, and NSA all those people, not only did every one of them including Mueller know that there was never any evidence of any Russian collusion. That was all a hoax. Republicans knew it as well. And while they found that out including Trey Gowdy, they were still going out there to the media supporting Mueller saying we got to let the investigation go on. And um, at, at one point Matt Gates said today in an interview that not only did Trey Gowdy not come out and tell the truth to the American people and he and other Republicans who knew that there was no evidence not only did he not come out with the Republicans to say that this is wrong and that, and I know that there's some legalities to that but there's more that they could have done and instead not only did Trey Gowdy and Lindsey Graham and others not stop this coup attempt in its place but he actually went to the media at one point and said that the FBI had done nothing wrong and I have been saying for years to people that Trey Gowdy was nothing but a little tiny little liar phony who loved in these Benghazi hearings to give these sound bites that made it seem as though he cared about accountability when it was all nothing. It was phony that he and Paul Ryan and the rest of the Republican Party are nothing but far left supporting hacks who say one thing on the campaign trail and go to D.C. and all yuck it up behind the scenes at our expense and that President Trump faced two opposition parties when he went to D.C. And shame on Trey Gowdy and Lindsey Graham and the rest of them. And you're right. That left President Trump with what who Devin Nunes and Matt Gates and Mark Meadows and like a handful of people.
0: That's right. That's it. And uh, don't forget Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan. These are, in, in, at least in my professional opinion, they're co-conspirators in the coup. Now you can, Because at some point, how can you play ignorant when you're the majority leader? For instance, Mitch McConnell, how can you play ignorant, Paul Ryan, when you're the Speaker of the House and say, well, I didn't know? Well, you have a duty to know.
1: Well you know, not only that. Thing- excuse me for interrupting. Right, it- not only that, but Matt okay. Gates is saying that they they begged Paul Ryan and those that were commi- committee chairs when they ha- when they were in the majority of the house to to you know subpoena people to get to the bottom of it and they absolutely refuse. So you're right, they're co-conspirators.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can't at that level, you don't get you're either grossly incompetent, which is not an excuse when crimes are being committed and you're in a position of authority. Or you're a part of the conspiracy. I mean, as a former FBI agent, investigator, I can tell you that the evidence on the table, which, by the way, this was for Mitch McConnell to come out this past week and act like he's shocked at what was revealed in the Michael Finkel. We knew this stuff three years ago. Mm -hmm. What is he talking about? So he's a liar, but again, married to a Chinese agent. I wouldn't expect anything different. Why is Mitch McConnell still walking the street? Why is his wife still walking the street? It's because we don't have the, the, the problems and the assault on the foundations of our government have been so intense and so widespread. And the fact that the current national security apparatus under Mr. Trump, who seems to be the only one who has a growing understanding of what's going on, because you've got major tectonic movements by China and Turkey and Iran going on, Saudi Arabia. While, all, while our government is not just a coup that's happened, ongoing coup daily. You've got the Speaker of the House saying, we don't want to get to the bottom of COVID-19. You want to know why? Because they're up to their eyeballs in it, the communist movement in the United States. And when I say, to be clear for your audience, the Communist Party of the United States is the Democrat Party. And if that ruffles your feathers and you don't get that, come to understandingthreat.com and we will gladly educate you. And,
1: and it, it includes... And the it, most,
0: it, that's right. I was just going to say, the, easily, the 50 easily identified Marxists and communists in the U.S. Congress, 100% of them are Democrats. We can just go down to their connections, their direct connections,
1: and we can so, also see in the couple minutes. Let me let me go over two minutes, DJ Carrotsticks, and we can also see their communism going on across this country with Republican support in every state. I've got people telling me with this this COVID response and these shutdowns. Oh well, you know we're we're doing so good in my state. No, there is not a state in this country that is free right now, John Guandolo.
0: Well, and you've got again. Uh, it's been now two months. And what's been the response from Republican leaders at the local state level? What's been the response for the last five years, 10 years? They just, they just lay down on their hands here in you San know, Diego. Said, Go ahead. That's right. Well, the, the, the Republicans are saying, you know, here's what we're all about. And they get into office and they just flip the bird to the citizens and they're not standing up against these hostile totalitarian ideologies that are literally working together to bring this country down.
1: Well yeah, and it's and and uh, the American people were told just give us 14 days. Now it's months later. People are broke, devastated, depressed. There's no end in sight. And these, these, you know, communist dictators at the state level have no intention of releasing their grip. And I tell you, I'm incredibly disappointed when I hear any Republicans support these masks and the six foot distancing because those guidelines are meant to continue the grip on us and to keep control over us. And that's all that it's about, just like China. And now they've got this contact tracing plan going on. We got this bill being Introduced by a Democrat that cost a hundred billion dollars, all about meant to be intrusive of, of our lives, control every aspect of our country, just like China. And we don't have any Republicans stepping up against it, not at all. And the and if and these these uh, and I don't really know what can happen if we are a Republic of States. I don't know really what leverage uh, the government has, the Department of Justice, to force Gavin Newsom to take the jackboot of tyranny off the businesses. And I think I think you're you're right to say this. And we'll leave it here john guandolo that we cannot expect there is no cavalry coming if you are a business owner in california you need to do what elon musk did today he said i am opening up my manufacturing plant today in alameda county if you have a restaurant if you have a if you have a hair salon or whatever it is nobody's going to do it for you and i don't know that the solution is filing lawsuits because that will take years to litigate through the courts i think we have to take our, our country and our back state by state city by city town by town Final thoughts, 15 seconds, John Guandolo.
0: First of all, what you just said is what I normally sum up, is this war is going to be won or lost by citizens at the local level. Understanding the threat is a huge resource. Come to understandthethreat.com. Let us help you plan strategies at the local level to win this war.
1: Thank you, John Guandolo. I appreciate all you do for freedom. Thanks, Andrew. All right, now we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break, and we come back. My friend Brittany Hughes from Reality Check and MRC TV is going to be here. We got to talk about what? Uh, why did NBC have to apologize today? You know who's a part of these coup attempts? The mainstream media control the message, and you control mine. Stay tuned. Where Andrew Kaschel coming up?
0: want more andrea k follow her on twitter at andrea k show and like her facebook fan page at andrea k spelled k-a-y-e andrea k the donut queen of san diego it's the andrea k show on the answer san diego
1: welcome back to tonight's andrea k show glad to have you guys here with me um We're going to switch gears. We're going to head down to Georgia. There's a story that's been breaking down there the past few days. And I got to be honest, I've dropped the ball on it. And I think in part because I wasn't really sure whether or not it rose to the level of discussing it amid the fact that we're in, you know, in our third coup attempt in this country. And the wholesale communization that's happening in this country. But as, it, as the story continues to grow, I did want to give it some attention. And so I brought in a friend of mine, Brittany Hughes, host of Reality Check and managing editor of MRC TV, who's got a great video. You guys know her videos on Reality Check. I mean, how many hundreds of millions of views has she had? And so I saw her video today and I thought yeah, I need to have her on to share with us what happened in Georgia. And she joins me now. Hey, Brittany Hughes, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you so much, Andrea. I've really missed you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I've missed you too. So I was so glad to see your video. And man, you always have a way of giving the facts about what, ha- what happened, uh, push back against the false narratives about the story that's going on, and give an interesting new take. On the story. So that's why I wanted to have you on tonight. And especially for those of you who haven't heard the story, you're going to you're going to learn about it now and learn what you need to know in terms of the narrative, because, of course, the media is going to, you know, use it to spin it. The media and the left are going to use it to spin it in whatever way benefits them. And this is the story of Ahmed Arbery. Tell everybody what happened. Okay.
2: So first of all, thank you for your, for your kind words. I appreciate that. Um, so this one, this one's kind of a tricky one. Uh, it, it seems a little cut and dry, but we all know that that's usually not the case, but this is a story of uh, a young black man who this actually happened a couple of months ago, but the video of it just went viral last week, which is why it's making headlines. There's a video that shows two men in a white pickup truck, Confronting a young black man jogging down the street, there is an altercation, you can't really see what happens in the video, and at the end of it, the black man is lying in the street, he's been hit by a shotgun blast and he died. So, ultimately what happens is these two white guys come out and say, "Well, we thought he was a suspect in a couple of local burglaries. We armed ourselves, we went after him with our truck, and, you know, he came at us and he ended up getting shot." that that's pretty much the gist of what happened in the beginning okay so of course you're going to have spinning narratives here these two men it's gregory mcmichael and his son travis have since been arrested. Um, Police who responded to the scene said that they wanted to arrest them at the time, but that they were blocked from doing so by the DA's office, so there's Hmm. some controversy there. Mm -hmm. They have since been arrested. Um, And, of course, now you've got different factions kind of almost lumping themselves into camps because, unfortunately, in this country, we can no longer have a rational discussion based on the facts and merits of the case. Everybody tends to divide up into... Set camps. So you've got some over on this side. There's a surveillance video that has come out that shows Ahmad uh, walking around an open construction site right before the shooting. Um, there is Absolutely no evidence in the video that he committed a crime or was even doing anything wrong other than perhaps trespassing. Uh, but even that would be a bit of a stretch. The owner of the construction site says that nothing was taken. Uh, he, he has recorded nothing missing. Um, and the police have said that there is. they
1: have not connected Mr. Arbery to any crime. Um, But was there, but let me interject, was there, but let me interject, was there a series of break-ins in the area? Did he fit a description that had been shown on like Crime Stoppers or something?
2: So there there actually had not been, according to local police, and okay. that is what the McMichaels are claiming. They are claiming that there had been local burglaries. The police say that the only burglary that had been reported in recent weeks was about seven weeks before this incident, and the McMichaels had had a gun stolen out of a car. But they didn't have a suspect in the case, and that was the only burglary. And then McMichael's are claiming that several properties had been burglarized, but the police say that there are no reports of that. Um, Now, again, please keep in mind that just like in every other incident like this, we have to wait for the full investigation to come out, right? So we are operating on the information that we currently have right now. Um, But Mr. Arbery has not been accused of committing a crime. Of course, he's. You know, unfortunately, he's dead now, so he can't say anything. Right. Um, but see, here's here's the problem among other issues with this. So you have this case where there very well may have been wrongdoing. It seems by the shooter's own admission, they have come out and said, "Look, we didn't know that he had committed a crime." We simply thought he may have. Now, in a lawful society, we do not typically allow people to chase someone down with guns and confront them based on the assumption that they've committed a crime. And it's a fair question to ask whether or not, and I know nobody likes to talk about this, but it's a fair question to ask whether or not that same assumption would have been automatically made had Arbery been a white man. That's not in and of itself an unfair question to ask. But unfortunately, this is what the left does. They immediately seize upon a story like this, and they jump the shark. They immediately politicize it and weaponize it to attack anybody that they want to label a racist. Take the Atlanta mayor, for example. The mayor of Atlanta has now come out, and not only has she said that this was a racial attack, which has not been proven, but that Donald Trump is to blame for it because he's spewing rhetoric, and she actually said this, that
1: gives racists permission to do things like this. And see, so this is the problem. it's insane. Yeah. Well, you know what, to me, part of the problem is this is what happens when you have hate crimes legislation. This is why I don't like hate crimes legislation, because it seeks to read the minds of the person who's committed some act. It elevates some victims over others. So these two might be a couple of trade. It actually reminds me of the Trayvon Mar- of what they actually accused George Zimmerman of, of which he was not a- found guilty which is just, you know, thinking that some black youth person is a criminal and gunning him down. Uh, it may or may not have been an act of racism. But to me, when, whether or not, whatever reason you murder somebody doesn't matter. You've murdered somebody and you've taken a life. But, but because we have hate crimes legislation, that makes it possible to politicize. It makes it possible to make assumptions, to politicize the story, push out a narrative for division of the country. And it also diminishes if he had been a white person and gunned down on the street because of a two a couple of vigilante dudes for whatever reason went off the rails mentally it wouldn't have mattered as much it wouldn't have been as bad so everything this is this to me this is another story of why hate crimes legislation we should not have hate crimes legislation in this country
2: well and ultimately look motivations like that whether it's racism or sexism or you know transphobia or, you know pick a category right right motivations like that are almost impossible to prove unless somebody comes out and it something right so you're exactly right when it comes to labeling things hate crime or crimes uh, against a person because of their race that that really doesn't hold a lot of water ultimately what matters here is can you get in your truck chase someone down and confront them with a weapon on the assumption that you think they committed a crime that in and of itself is the question here that is what should be being explored But, of course, like I said, this immediately must get politicized and weaponized to Mm -hmm. attack a president that they've already decided is to blame for everything. And there's one other major point here that's kind of a little bit of an aside, but this is a massive reminder of exactly why the media has to be truthful. We know they're not but it's an example of why truth in reporting is so incredibly crucial. I'm glad People you said that. skeptical of right. stories because of Mike Brown, because of Alton right. Sterling.
1: We have been lied to so right. many times. But in the minute and, and a half we time. have left, I have to piggyback off of that because we've also been lied to in the case of George Zimmerman, for example, uh, the white Hispanic in which NBC edited an audio tape in order to make him sound racist as though he just arbitrarily decided to point out the kid's color. NBC got Got busted today for the fact that on on, on uh, Chuck Todd with Meet the Press yesterday, they used a a cut down and edited uh, portion of an interview with Attorney General Barr to make it seem as though his his motivations for dropping the Flynn case didn't have anything at all to uh, to the rule of law. It was absolutely egregious and un- and blatant no way for them to i don't know how they thought they were going to get away with it and they ended up apologizing or did they even really apologize
2: yeah so this is actually if you want to see more on this this is on mrctv.com uh, and um so my colleague nick kang wrote it up and what you see ultimately is todd chuck todd asked Barr. Uh, or in the CBS interview, rather, Bill Barr said that when history is, history is written by the winners, so it largely depends on who's writing the history when asked about the Mike Flynn case. So when you take that out of context, right, history is written by the winners, it makes it sound political. And that's exactly what Chuck Todd said on Meet the Press today, which is that he was struck by the cynicism of Barr's answer and that uh, it made it sound like he was not upholding the rule of law. He was admitting that this is a political job. That's not what Barr said. He followed that up in the full interview by saying history is written by the winner. It largely depends on who's writing the history. But I think that a fair history would say that the Flynn case was a good decision because it upheld the rule of law. That's what he said in the full clip. And furthermore, in the, later on in the interview, he specifically said this was not about politics. This was about interpreting the law and applying it fairly. Um, you know, so, so for Chuck Todd and for, for Meet the Press, of course, they said it was inadvertent because everything's an accident. It's never their mm-hmm. fault, right? Sure. For them to deceptively edit an interview and make it sound like Bill Barr said something that he specifically did not, that's not an accident. That is a pointed and deliberate attempt to mislead the American public. Unfortunately, I guarantee you that the vast majority of people who saw that on Meet the Press will never see that full interview. Uh, that's and that's right. unfortunate. But it we is. do have it on MRC TV if you
1: want to go see it. All right. Everybody, y'all need to go watch uh, Brittany's videos, uh, all of her videos, including including the one on Arbery. Follow her on Twitter, at RealBritHughes, and uh, watch her videos there and on YouTube. And your U- your, What's your YouTube channel? Reality, reality check yes it is and it's on mrc tv's youtube channel all right thank you for being here appreciate it girl thanks andrea anytime all right now we're going to take a skinny tiny little break and we come back we got more of the Andrea Cash. we're going to talk a little bit about this hr 66666
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. The Answer San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and radio.com. Andrea K telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me, and I am glad to have a new supply. A whole box of them, Trumpalax, somebody named Be A Conservative, sent us a supply of these for the person that you know, the liberal in your life with Trump derangement syndrome. (laughs) This is absolutely hilarious. We thank you. This actually looks like little medicine bottles. It's so cool. I'm going to find some liberals that I know to hand it out to them. It's got inside of it, it's got uh, uh, the pills are actually extra, extra sour. Candies on the inside.
0: I think we'll have to find the doctor that prescribes that to have him
1: on on Friday. Absolutely. Um, One of the articles that you guys wanted me to talk about topics today is, is, um, Bill, HR, the um, TRACE Act, which is HR 666, contact tracing has become the big thing, and even the Trump administration has gotten sucked into this, the notion that everybody needs to be tested and then if, if you test positive, then everybody you've been in contact with has to be identified and then they need to be contacted and then if they have it, then they need to be forcibly isolated. This is something that is beginning to happen across state levels. In fact, here in California, Gavin Newsom has announced a an army of, quote, coronavirus detectives. So, hey, if you've been forced out of your job and your business has been shut down, hey, here's a job for you because they're going to ultimately have 20,000 So, of these people, and all you really need is a brown shirt and some steel toed boots, right? Um, so that's the plan here. And of course, it's really about control. My friend, Doc Porbin said that this is the equivalent of China with their social credits to where you'll be allowed to move around the country and travel state to state, town to town, if you are good enough to have been tested and cooperated in the contact tracing. This is absolutely egregious. It is such, and, and, and then on top of it, because the left wants to make sure that everything that happens with the, in order to maximize all the opportunities here to control every aspect of our lives, where we can go, what we can do, how we can go about it. There has been a bill to make Gavin Newsom's plan of contact tracing, the new police force, if you will, uh, to make that a national program. And it's the TRACE Act, H.R. 6666. A hundred billion dollar grant program, and it would go to healthcare, schools, and nonprofit organizations like churches, and they'll get money if they're willing to do these testing and contact tracing, and require that anybody goes to to their institution participate in this program. There is a petition against this from the Action Network called "Stop the Unconstitutional Illegal Trace Act" to prevent the bill from being adopted by Congress. The petition says uh that it is stunningly illegal power grab beyond the const- what the constitution uh, offers the congress and is an outright assault on the people this is the way for them to, to track us in our daily lives and have complete control and say so over over what we do and the fact that it's 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 like dangling money out there to institutions to cooperate in this and we need to stop it um San Diego Mayor Faulkner tweeted out today, basically begging Governor Newsom if he'll release some of the restrictions on businesses, saying, which is absolutely outrageous. You know what, Gavin Newsom, it's not about getting back to normal. It's about embracing the new normal. No, Mayor Faulkner, I don't have to embrace anybody's commie normal, okay? And you are an example of what we talked about with John Guandola, with Republicans kowtowing and catering to the Marxist of the Democrat Party. And you are an enabler to those crimes. Shame on you. We're going to be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out.